Hello and, and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast. I guess now we can finally California. start. It's yeah. the Doctor Danger hey, Radio. You got show. naughty now too. You can't hate on. I went naughty. like twenty. You went like forty. But you're right. It's what I went like. It was your fault because you brought a bra breaker. Oh, how dare I bring a bra breaker? Yeah, bra breaker. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna spear your ass in half. <laughs> At least there's something that's good about WWE these days. Hey, this is the bloodline, right? Oh, yeah. They're making the bronze medal title. Uh, yeah, it's not even the fucking silver. It's the bronze. Uh, how's it going, listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Triple D Radio Show with their boys, James and Edward. Ed, what's good? What's on today's show? Hey, or tonight's show? Or whenever, yeah. whatever time that you are listening. Yes. What is on tonight's lineup? Hey, hey, today's line. Hey, guys, I'm Edward. So we've got a uh, we've got a good show for you. I'd like to think we've got our. Oh, yeah. Do you have did you get a hot or not? Yes. Okay, we have hot or not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we have the C.A.R., which is going to be tying up some loose ends in a roundabout way. We have uh, I ranked I ranked my Metallica albums. And you did, too. No, (laughs) motherfucker. You do this every time. Sorry, my brain. And so then, I forgot about the ranking. Sorry, I came in with Hot or Not, <laughs> the album review, and our main event. Which was our main event? Our main event is episode two of seven. Thank God of Supergroup. I say I say thank God because seven episodes is the perfect amount to handle this level of dumb bullshittery. If this was twelve or fourteen episodes, like say a Rock of Love, uh, I I don't think I'd be able to handle it. And listeners. If you want to look into the description, those are timestamps where you can jump forward to any part of the show. Yeah. All right. Where are we at now? Uh, well, I ran down the car, so now uh, I don't know. How was your week? How was my week? Um, well, it's kind of half week for me. But let's, how about since we last talked on the podcast? Yeah. I actually had an enjoyable, relaxing weekend, so yeah. nothing for me to bitch about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't dealt with anyone too wacky, so no. I've been doing okay. Yeah. Knock on wood. I've been doing okay. How about you? I had a moment of insecurity on Sunday about my music taste. I was doing oh, yeah? some. Were you talking to a lady? <laughs> no. Um, I was Were you doing... talking to a dude? <laughs> no. I was uh, doing some door dashing in the town You were talking over. to a customer? <laughs> no, I was doing some door dashing in the town over, and um, I was trying to get to get on time because door dash tracks you know, how on time you are with orders. <laughs> So I get there and I don't remember what I have on. I've got, I have a, no, actually I do. I had a Beatles song on cause it just came up on my shuffle and I let it, and I open the door. I go to the customer's door and let it go. You know, music's playing, whatever. There's some, uh, there's some Mexican dudes working on their car over there. Um, and the insecurity part comes in is cause right when I get in the car and keep in mind, my volume's at like 20, yeah. um, as soon as I get in the car, a, a Leonard Skinner song comes on, but not like their old ones with like Ronnie Van Zant, where they were like Southern rock. No, no, it's one of their newer ones where they're like super country. And I felt so because I've mentioned it before, but you know, obviously, you know, I'm Mexican, but I don't. I've got pale skin. What town were you in? Uh, Santa Maria. Santa Maria. And, and you're sitting there like I'm with Leonard Skinner. 
Yeah, and I got some Vatos uh, in jeans that look 20 years old working on a car over there. And I felt so insecure. So, and thankfully, and I'm not making this up, this is what happened. I hit next on my playlist and uh my playlist decided to give me death clock so i felt a lot better oh yeah you felt more sicker it's like all right i went from well because i told i went from new skinner country to now this well because i the way i told it to my dad was like i know they didn't because i didn't even see them glance at me in my peripherals but yeah like like they give a fuck about about you waddling up and dropping off some but i didn't in my mind i'm thinking to myself man i just feel like they heard that song come on and then you know, they, they see me walking by and they're just like, ah, mira le huero. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to deal. I don't want to think about oh, that. Oh, oh well. But yeah, now the the only time I feel it, the, the only times I felt insecure about my music was when I would be at Barnes in the receiving room and I'd have my music playing because everyone always had to comment on how eclectic my music taste was. Because, you know, oh, I'd, yeah, well, yeah, it'd go from like we're, we're talking oh, like wow. it go from NSYNC to like death metal demos from Europe. And they'd be like, you know, it, it'd always be a thing like, oh, can you turn it? down i'm not even though it wouldn't be that loud but and just shit like that or well when i'm talking to you so <laughs> but yeah it's okay it's, but yeah so that was that was pretty that was pretty much it. other than making fat bank on doordash i guess that was all that happened to me oh that's cool that's cool that's cool there's not much to talk about when we actually try to like because i don't know if you notice listeners where we're not a monthly podcast this time. Hey, I think you just cursed yourself now. Well, well, now I'm not going to want a podcast for three weeks. All right, listeners, we'll be back in next month. All right. No, no, no. Don't worry. We're not. We're not. Hey, it's been chill. All right. It's chill. There hasn't been any weekends. Yes. And there's no foreseeable weekends coming up. Yes. I'm going to be. I will be personally be grounded. Okay. Grounded. Well, okay. Not grounded. Where it's like, hey, son, you're grounded <laughs> for having too much fun. But, Dad! No, no, no. No. Now get in your room. Okay. No, I'm not like that grounded. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. it's like, hey, I'm not busy on the weekends. Yes. Plus, we kind of changed the format where I don't take notes on the main events. I guess you just don't do that now. Hey. <laughs> maybe I did all right last time. Yeah. You listen to the podcast back more than I do. I think, yeah, that last episode peaked at Hootie and the Blowfish. But it was pretty good. Hey. The episode brought up Hootie and the Blowfish, all right? Not every now and then do we get, like, superstar do- superstar fucking band manager Doc McGee. Doc McGee. Legendary band manager Doc McGee, where he does whatever fucking Motley Crue and the Scorpions. I think I remember it was it was Kiss, Bon Jovi, uh, Motley Crue. Uh, it was Motley Crue, and then it was the uh, Skid, Row. Skid Row, the Scorpions, and then Hootie and the Blowfish. Yes, which that was like, all right, there's a stark difference. Hey. <laughs> That wrote itself, all right? Yes, it did. Now, talking about insecure music opinions, how about we go in the hot or not? Oh, sure. All right. Let me get that let's buffer. Let's get Jake. Huh. That's hot. 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 This is hot. That's hot. That's hot. This is really hot. Hell yeah. Well, I guess Jake changed his profile picture. I was getting very distracted by now. I was like... Hey, that's not sad boy in the mailroom. Yeah, he changed it to show off his ink. Yeah, it's like, look at that, Mr. Hot or not. And his questionable facial yeah, hair. Yeah, it's like, Mr. Hot or not has tattoos. <laughs> what a what a Mr. Hot or not guy right there. inked up pretty boy. Hey, what up, well, inked up pretty inked boy? Inked up white boy. <laughs> <laughs> inked up weirdo, all right? All right, what you got for us this week, Mr. Mr. Hot, hot or, or not, not, you inked up white boy? 
I want to fucking right, love to continue and spice up this week's hot or not. Uh, we are going to do something a little different and we are going to play a Instagram clip of a MGK cipher that he just dropped. So you guys you know can uh, decide too, if it's hot or not. And then on top of that, open up the discussion. What do you think? Do you think that MGK no. going with the whole rap album is a good career move or not? Do you think that his upcoming rap album is going to be more or less successful than his ventures into pop punk keep in mind tickets to my downfall is probably going to go down as one of like the most important pop punk records ever look in yeah, 20 years it's gonna, it's, out, that's though. what it's gonna look like maybe not so now <laughs> but his second pop punk record didn't do as well so yeah, yeah. do Trick you think mgk me. is on the up and up or do you think he's on the downward spiral see what i did there ed uh, and then just to kind of keep spicing up the hotter knots, I don't really know what I was going to do for next week. I was thinking like the 1975 oh, no. punk song or something else like that. But oh, Mr. Hotter knots, I figure I would put the you genre in on TikTok. He had a good run. I'll just well, listen he's back been, and choose what for like you decide. Because here's the thing with these hotter knots, okay? Because James only like you know listens to his extreme shit and like he only gives hots to stripper fight music. <laughs> Uh, he's very and meme songs. Let's be very fair. predictable. So I don't want to just uh, you know jump to that. While Ed, you do tend to be more eclectic, so you usually will give more hots. At the same time, uh, you know I think uh, you mainly dig your stuff uh, that isn't as modern. So you guys, mm-hmm. let me know what you want to do. You both come up with something. What? How about this? Task me with trying to get a hot from you guys. No, How about that? He wants us to so do his thing together, for choose him. the genre or the time period or whatever, but task me with the task of trying to get a double hot from both of you. And we'll see if I can get it done. So we'll make a game out of this. All right. And that's all I got to say. Roasted, roasted, boom. Trying to remember what's the last double hot we agreed on. <laughs> I'm sure some stripper fight. I know for sure we've we've doubled on knots. I'm just saying. That's hilarious. Even Mr. Hotter Knots having an existential crisis. See, I I was worried. I was worried that sooner or later he was going to get tired of <laughs> a fucking you just be like, Jake, what is this? Send me stripper fight music or whatever. Send me stripper fight music. <laughs> but that's the... F- God, oh, how dare we have memes? Oh, oh no, break the fourth wall. How dare we? Oh, no. Oh, oh. Can a podcast have the fourth wall? Oh, no. I don't know. So I'm sorry, but Mr. He, Hot or not? He wants us to listen to an Instagram clip and then have it. Yeah. I, 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 okay, I'll be <laughs> honest. I'm like laughing. It's like what? Okay, I'll be honest, Jake. I like the idea of encouraging discussion outside of you know. Oh, is it just hot or not? Because sometimes I feel like me and James, like we give her hot or not, we give it bit, and it's like, oh, is that it? And it's like, yeah, I guess that's it. So that I'm, that I'm okay with, but. I guess, I guess click that gram clip, James. Hey, I'm on that, all right? I guess so. How can I be homo sapien? I'm high as an alien. Yo, he's Both high as an alien. I'm burning pounds, but not inside a gymnasium. This off the cranium. This is a nuclear weapon. My bars are uranium. Uh, I'm spitting uranium. I'm a Targaryen. 
I don't deal with pussies. I'm not a veterinarian. But I might educate and slap a pussy boy like a disciplinarian. I got a lot of skater homies that'll hit a ramp. I swear it sounds like Jake wrote these bars. I got a lot of mob ties. Put you up under the sea with Ariel. I got syrup in my cereal. Yeah. I blow an O like a Cheerio. I shook his hand but didn't like his vibe. So I like a Cheerio. I don't have much commentary. I'm like Loki uh, actually focusing what he's saying. A surprise, surprise, I guess. Uh, MGK is a good rapper. Surprise, surprise. Not like MGK was like rapping for like over 10 years before he did the pop punk thing. And that was it. I don't know if I ever told you this, but the first time I remember hearing of mgk was when kevin owens pop-up power bombed him through the announce table yep. like nine years ago oh my fucking god was that nine years i don't ago? know if it was nine years oh, ago but when did he get called up i don't know like 20 like 15 or some shit oh god it's been a minute but because that was way. during john cena's u.s open challenge all right all right all right hey mr hot or not gave us some tasks listen he opened, so what'd you think about this listen, he opened up with the line how can i be homo sapien i'm high as an alien that gets a hot i'm being completely serious <laughs> the lyrics the lyrics the lyrics were funny and like i said he's a good rapper my only critique is <clears throat> that beat was kind of trash yeah. Not really, but I like a little bit of I like a little bass in my hip hop, which I feel like I shouldn't need to say because I thought bass in your beats went hand in hand with the genre. Genre, but yeah, no, it's a hot. You know, mm. <clears throat> he's a good rapper, and he made that he made that lame beat work for him. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, MGK is okay enough where he makes a lame beat. All right, he got his ass ripped open by Eminem on that diss track shit. I know that but. was hilarious. And fucking, all I could say right now is, you know, what beat was trash, and I was like, you're making me judge off a random cipher. Yeah, and I'm like, it's MGK. I don't, know, so I don't even know what a cipher is. And I'm just saying, it's like, it's just MGK. So I'm like, you know what? Sorry, no double hot, Mister Hot or not. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some anti negative, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, maybe I'll give a hot on that one. You're treading territory of Jake being just looking and just be like, you know what? I don't want to be friends with James anymore. Hey, 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 just think of this. If Hot or Not goes away, I think your mom will be sad. One. Yeah. But then the show gets to go become shorter. Well, Two. the show becomes shorter, and I, and I feel like that'll give us more time to spend on the CAR. And it's not like it's not like we event. can't just ask someone else to give us a hot or not. I mean, my, my mom is undefeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. But I don't know, Mr. Hot or not, I was like, give me a decade. Give me something. What will make you give me I a think, fucking double listen, hot? Listen, you're How the, dare you? You're the you're one. You're predictable. Huh? You're the one that's, you're predictable, huh? You're huh? the one that needs to have that discussion with him, clearly. What? I don't need no discussion with him. Because this think, doesn't sound like a me and him problem. <laughs> I think that's a him in the podcast for all. Okay. Incorporating the relationship. But what was his discussion topic? Something about his record, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so. What do you think of MGK going back to just doing a rap album other than coming off from him being successful doing the pop punk albums? Obviously, tickets to my downfall might be heralded as like a top tier iconic pop punk record from as time as history moves on. But the mainstream sellout, not so much. But it's not like that album came out like a year after. And it so felt why are you like making Jake sound like the FBI's most wanted guy? I don't know. FBI's most wanted. Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. So... Yo, I wanted you guys to actually discuss this. And I'm sitting there I was like, 
I just wanted to just do a hot or not. We're going yay or nay, and then we just roast Jake. But no, we have to talk about MGK so doing a I'd, rap album. So if I had to get my quick opinions on it, when like, he do made, you feel like he's going up with it, or is he going down? In a way, I feel like it's a down because here's the thing: when he, I don't know what motivated him wanting to do the pop pump record, but I will say when well, he made he did that do first, the, well, one, he did do the song with what's his face, fucking Young Blood. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And with Travis Barker. Yeah, and that song did re- very well. And I will say this like you could say oh that record was motivated by how big that one song did but you know what just i remember seeing some interviews and like hearing the the album when it came out i was like you know what this sounds like something he was like really like actually kind of passionate about and like having fun with it and it's another side of him creatively right and yeah second record wasn't as good but it was like you know what it's, it's cool it also could be a theory it was just a bunch of b-sides yeah i'm in love with the emo girl i will say this though it could be twofold. Maybe he did those pop punk records and that's all he had to say, like in that genre. And he did all he wanted to do. Now he wants to go back to rapping. I will say though, I, and, and this is kind of what I default to. It kind of looks like a wimp move because it's like, Oh, that last pop punk record didn't sell well. I guess I'll go back to being a rapper now. I will say though, to Jake's other question of, do you think, I think, his new rap album is actually probably going to do really good because I think the pop punk records brought in newer fans and some of them, not all of them, but some of them I think will stick around because I mean, people know MGK, right? But I'm sure, Oh, MGK. I'm not a big fan of rap. They hear it's pop punk stuff. It's like, Oh man, that's not that bad. So maybe some of those people will check out this new album or they checked out his old stuff. I don't know if it's going to outsell some of his classic rap albums, but I don't, I think it's in that sense, his new album's going to do well, but I don't know. I don't know if down's the right word, but it definitely kind of feels like a step back uh, just cause some, it could come off. Uh, I don't know what's in his head or heart, uh, but it could come off as, Oh, this new thing I tried didn't do well the second time. So now I'm going to go back to what's familiar. If you ask me if anything, it's just a lateral move. That's just kind of it. Like, I don't feel like it's a step back. I don't feel like it's the end of MGK's career. No, no, yeah, I wasn't saying like, anything. Believe me, I think he's fine playing Emo Girl on repeat for like <laughs> the next five years. Uh, he has better songs than that, too. But at the same time, it's like, what song is better representative of that time period? And it was with Willow Smith of all fucking people. Yeah. So, but either way, it's, but if you ask me with MGK, it's just a lateral move. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's like, I'm sitting there, it's like, dude, right now, I was like, what has MGK done in a minute? Nothing. He's just kind of chill. Yeah, he's always really just yeah. always just gonna do a rap. Album. No, he beefed with Corey Taylor. Oh, that was like a year ago. Oh yeah. So right. literally, if you ask me right now, it's like, oh, him actually dropping a rap album. It's like it's a lateral move. I don't see if it's going backwards or anything. Was he gonna alienate some pop punk kids? Oh no. <laughs> Wasn't MGK a rapper beforehand? Oh no. <laughs> MGK did a really good pop punk album, and now it's like, oh, he wants to do some rap. I think. It's just let la- it's just a lateral move. Yeah. MGK's doing fine. And that and like till he does another thing, another thing that actually moves the that shifts the weight, like tickets to my downfall does. Yeah. I think right now MGK is just kind of plateaued. Yeah, sure. Like, can he go further more up? Sure. Is he gonna go back? Whatever. Mm. I have a feeling tickets by downfall will be fine. I think MGK's done his job. I think MGK was fine being a rapper and doing celebrity appearances. Yeah. It's not like I wasn't no it's not like I didn't know of him beforehand. Yeah. yeah so yeah. if you ask me to discussion, it's just more like, oh, it's just a lateral move. You're sure. Just, it's just, hey, he's making noise. It's not like he's gonna collab with other people. Yeah, yeah. Plus, 
I don't know. Is that like pop punk revival thing with like the new artist kind of dead? Low key, yes. Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't feel like it's fresh. It kind of might have ran its course. So you know what? Maybe. Did that even last? Maybe in two that years? sense, you know what? That might be even a smarter move. Did that pop punk revival last even two years? <laughs> I think it lasts two years. And Cole could. All okay. it did was just made a bunch of boomers like Jake get excited for when we're young. Hey, that was the most he's ever partied in his whole life. <laughs> like he went hard in his thirties than he did in his young young of state. And I now, think that's what I and say. Then, yeah. And then now getting stoked on like Blink re- reuniting. Blink reunited at Coachella, and it was so great. To be fair, that is a big deal for those people. I mean, just ca- <laughs> for those people. No, no. But what I mean is, like you and for me, for those people, you and me aren't in that oh, fan. But you and me aren't in that those fandom. Pop punk. Those pop punk. People. Well, no, I'm I'm saying that in the <sighs> I'm saying that in the sense that that's a big deal for them. Just like the violence show, <sighs> where every two songs that got interrupted by that DJ was a big deal for you and for those kind of people. What? That's what I mean. What me getting pissed off? Of some goofy no, ass no, DJ. no, not that dude. The show itself was okay. was classic violence getting together. That is, I'm not saying it's equivalent, but I'm saying it's a similar thing. It's just they're the bigger fandom because pop punk makes more money. Yeah, than thrash. But either, but either way, ooh. I'm just saying ooh. that there's comparisons. Uh, oh, Travis Parker's now busy with Blink. Sorry, MGK can't drum for you for the whole year. Maybe that's why actually uh, maybe MGK's like yo dog I want you to be my drummer he's like thing, well, he's like I can't the bread and butter's back together yeah. he's like well shit and then like here's the thing was MGK reinventing the wheel fucking acts reinventing the wheel pop punk no he was to just, me he wasn't reinventing the wheel as a rapper yeah. he was just really good yeah and so uh, this with the pop punk thing is like yeah no you're just doing the only songs. fucking reason people ever compared him to Eminem was because he was white yep <laughs> you know and like here's the thing he's done years as a rapper I I don't think MGK's going broke. No, you ask no. me. So I'm not going, ooh, ooh, is this the end of MGK? Huh? Wasn't rock music? Huh? Oh my god, MGK stopped doing pop punk. He couldn't handle it. Huh? Corey Taylor for the W. <laughs> okay, I'm like, how about you nerds? Calm the fuck down. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> it's okay. I think MGK is doing fine. Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. MGK doing, and here's the thing watch, watch, watch. There might be some pop punk songs on the new album. Well, just sure. saying, just saying. Yeah, sure. Well, he maybe he's not out of his blood yet, or he just did it, and then, and then he just showed a statement that sorry, the MGK <laughs> made a bigger pop punk album than some random schmuck pop punk band in the past fucking five years. Who's whose fault is that? <laughs> whose fault is that? Yeah. Whose fault is that? Well, he does have an ungodly amount of exposure, so it would have been easy for him. But even then, it's like he didn't like suck even at it, like it. even if tickets to my downfall sucked, but it would have done better nah, than good been, pop punk. Yeah, records. but it would be more laughable. But here's well, like, it true. did good. Yeah, it it's did. The, it's it did, the, it did. the real issue is that it did good, and it kind of showed the problem of modern rock music. Yeah, or just rock, the culture of rock in general. And is that they couldn't handle a little rapper boy actually making good, catchy rock songs. No, sure. And then, then thus turn, huh, Corey Taylor just going, huh. Yeah, he failed as a rapper. It's like, I think he was doing fine as a rapper. Yeah. If anything, as I, I was like, sorry, he brought in some actual star power. Is <laughs> <laughs> this true? But at the same time, he is MGK and I don't want to hang out with him. 
Well, good job, Jake. We got a good discussion out of this. You got a discussion. If you wanted me to just, uh, I just felt as you want me, my like just straight answer. I'll repeat it again. It's a lateral move. If it does good, if it does good. If it does mid, it does mid. Yeah. Big whoop. He's still going to make money. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure someone else will come and it'll be more exciting or whatever. Sure. All right. Ready to get into the CAR? Yes, sir. Let me grab that. Oh, God. I didn't mean to burp by dead. All right, listeners. Now it's time for the CAR with this week as we listen to 1967 Classic by the Velvet Underground, also featuring Nico, the Velvet Underground and Nico. Yeah, that's what the album's called. That literally what it's called. Yeah, it's called the Velvet Underground. So wait, wait, and wait. Nico. Is it? So wait, is it like so the, the history? Art? So the history of that is that. So I'm gonna just play it. You yeah, can sure. Nico, uh, the lady. How about was you fucking a f- play? Sorry, I'm yelling at my phone. <laughs> Nico was a friend of Andy Warhol, who produced this record, and uh, Andy was big in the New York scene at the time for in working New on York. Some, you know, he was an artist and stuff. He also worked with some music, and he also was making some experimental films. Well, Nico came over from I think hey, Germany or hey, something. Yo, what kind of experimental films are you talking about, bud? I I don't know. I've never seen them, but you know, hey. well, okay, not John Waters kind of experimental film. John you know? Waters, okay, John Waters made the way. John Waters, the fucking pink flamingo guy. Yeah, yeah. Did he do any other movies? Well, he did. Uh, I thought he directed a Tromolo film or two, actually. Well, well, experimental as in just weird, sh- random, well, shock, for, shock, yeah, you know. for at the time, you know, shocking, like depraved things and whatever. But um. Yeah, so uh, Warhol was a friend of the Velvet Underground. And he was also a friend with Nico, and he thought he heard Nico sing somewhere. He uh, heard Nico. He heard Nico sing somewhere, and he went to Velvet Underground. And he was like, "Hey, I think maybe this record of yours you guys are doing, maybe you should add her in on it." Yeah, come on. And they buddy. were like, "Okay." So that's why, why I, yeah, because they had been around for a bit. That's why the record is called the Velvet Underground and Nico. And this record cover specifically with the banana is one of the most iconic record album covers of all time. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it in a bunch of places. This is the opening song. It's called Sunday Morning. It's an interesting song to open the record with. Sunday morning. It's very dreamy and atmospheric. It feels like it could have been later in the record, but I don't know. I like this song. It's really simple. There's a lot of moving parts. I, I actually gave this one a light seven. Some of the chord, pro, some of the chord progression kind of reminded me of that song from The Breakfast Club for some reason. Like it's like, it's like, don't you forget about me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? So I wrote down, hey, it's a chill song while waddling around in nature and watching the setting sun glaze the grass across the fields of Bishop's Peak. Six out of ten. I think you might know when I was kind of doing... You might figure out what I was kind of doing while I was listening to this album. You painted a picture. I painted a very picture of my experience right now. Yeah. Hopefully. So for... I was going to say for any returning listeners, the reason why I said we're tying up loose ends, because if you all remember... We listened to Lulu a couple episodes ago, which yeah, was go, Lou Reed yeah, and Metallica. That, that was a fun discussion. Yeah. Because that album's fucking weird. <laughs> Not going to lie. My favorite line from you in that was, this album's weird. It's like, St. Anger's one thing, but this is really weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird because obviously, normally fucking metalheads, sorry, bro, you can't jack off the fucking Phil. It's almost six abs. 
Sorry, this ain't that kind of shit, all right? You gotta have either like smart brain or weird brain or abstract brain or pretend you have abstract brain to listen to this. Can't you? And even then, if you do, you don't even know if it's still good. But Lars likes it and he'll defend it to the death. Can't jack off to Phil and Salmo's abs, huh? Yeah. Let's go to the next song. Next song, baby. This the- one's called I'm Waiting for the Man. You're waiting for the man? So apparently this song is described as quote unquote a tough garage rock proto-punk classic. Oh yeah. Is about trying to score heroin in Harlem. Oh yeah, this is very tough. So that's neat. Well <laughs> for the time period, I guess. I don't know, you're trying to score some fucking try to score some tar and heroin right now? And grab a good old pizza pie. So it's <laughs> Hey, you want a little pizza pie with that hey, pipe? Hey, you want to get a pizza pie? Hey, I know you want to. Oh, you want to? Oh, you want to get good on that pizza pie? Hey, I got something for you, bud. So, hey, we need to sell it on the New York accents. It's not like we don't have a main event of New yeah. York characters, all right? So, yeah, it's a simple song. I found myself bopping along to it. It doesn't evolve much, but I gave it a six. This is a nice song. Yeah, I just wrote down, yep, a chill one-note song. I'm still enjoying. I'll give it a six out of ten. I haven't hated on this record yet. All right, I haven't gotten an apple. Is that foreshadowing? Well, what foreshadowing on what? <laughs> so this song is called Femme Fatale, and this song Femme is Fatale. sung by Nico, which. Uh, <clears throat> so this song was okay. It wasn't amazing, but you know what? She's got a nice voice. It's a very dreamy song again. I, I gave this one a six. Um, it there's not much to it. But I mean, because I, th- I think the main focus is supposed to be her voice, which, yeah, it's nice. So I gave it a six. I just wrote down, hey, it's kind of a common thing going around uh, with these songs so far. Song three, it's, a li- it's just very little dynamics. And then obviously I might be missed. I might be missed. What's the word? I might be misclassifying these people. I just call them goddamn hippies. Or it's just like, hey, <laughs> we have the common thing here. We have songs, chill, not much dynamics, and literally we just have some random hippie beatnik just saying words. I'll give it a light 6 out of 10. It's not lighting my world on fire. I just say. Hey, next one. Venus and Furs. Yeah, this is one of the more, um, this is one of the classics off this album. This is a classic? Well, you didn't like it? Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, no. I have a review. So Okay, okay. So, I really like this one. It's on a record where it already sounds so different than whatever was out at the time. This song like sounds the most different out of everything else on the record. It uh, it like it's really simple and it, it's droning a bit, but I don't know, it really stuck with me. It was a good earworm. Uh, lyrically, this song is basically a BDSM love song. It was in the name comes from this famous I think French book that's called Venus and Furs. It's about S&M, I don't know. Um but yeah, I actually gave this one. It doesn't sound like it now at the beginning, but I really, you know, I gave it time. It grew on me. I gave this one a seven. I really dug this song. So you keep giving me a lot of good, like, th- like thoughtful descriptions of like actual back history on the songs. While I sit here, and go like, bro, this is just so drony and just Lou saying stuff. I just wrote down, you know what? Yeah, I kind of got bored. Five out of ten. Maybe it sorry. didn't need to be almost sorry, six minutes. I'm, sorry, I'm not sitting there hanging out with Andy Warhol and like chicks with titties in her out doing acid. All right, 
I'm just some schmuck. These that guys just were came doing out. more than that. Say, sorry, I'm some schmuck that did a freaking eight-hour shift, and now I'm having an actual day where I can go take a nice hike, and this is what I have to listen to. Just saying. Maybe my mood. Maybe my. I might have got a little bored here. This song asked for a lot, but it seems like you enjoyed it, all right? You gave it a little bit more patience. I did. Maybe you sat down and you went on a journey. I unfortunately was walking. So now, run, run, run. So, it's funny. After that last song, which was so different than everything else, we get this one, which is almost a, which is like a straightforward rock song. It almost feels rockabilly. Like, it's not rockabilly, but it reminds me of it. It's like equal part garage rock and equal part psychedelic at the time. Like, I liked it. It's simple. And as it goes on again, you know, giving it that patience, there's like an understated chaos to it. It gets real noisy, especially when... Uh, Lou or whoever the other the rhythm guitarist was, I forgot his name, uh, just start ripping it onto the guitar. I gave it a strong six. You, you have to have a little patience with this record, but two things. One, I think it's pretty rewarding, and two, hey, it's not six to eight minute songs like 72 seasons. Are you sure? There's only two songs on here that are like seven minutes. Oh, I'm just saying, that's seven <laughs> minutes might be a little long. Everything else is between two and a half and five. Oh, I just wrote down, hey, we come with this song. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know where you got the rockabilly vibe. Because well, obviously the it's the beat. Well, either way, you bringing that in just made me go like, go like, wait, this rockabilly. Like even rockabilly has a little bit more energy than this. Wow. To me, it's just a little low energy. I'm not hating. If you love the song, did totally love no, it. No, I thought it was okay. I gave it a six. Yeah, I just ran on like. I just know when it came to this song, I was like, like when you think the song ends. It just keeps going. I know what part you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I'm being sketched with this record. Five out of ten. It just was like, okay, can we go on to the next one now? I think you've hit all your notes and you're not going anywhere. Sorry, I'm not hanging out with Andy Warhol and like freaking topless ladies fucking pounding acid and staring at his paintings. You just said that. All right. So now. Or you're, we're not at that old hookah lounge we used to play at. Yeah. I'm not sitting there going, wow, what a piece of artwork. A fucking picture of a banana with some contrast, with added contrast. Did you, did you see what the original album cover was going to be? What? It was the same thing, except the banana was out of the peel and it was red. I think I heard something like they changed it because it looked too phallic. Or someone said that. Well, I so don't know. So I'm sorry. Well, I'm sitting here and I'm like, hey, are, we, are you trying to like make, are you trying to say there's a penis on this? Because I see a banana, but. Yeah. I have a red banana. <laughs> What's on your mind, bud? Well, it's the 60s, so maybe they thought red. They must be communists. I don't, uh, know. I don't know. They're communists or they like sex. <laughs> I don't like having sex. What the hell? So, six, this track's called All Tomorrow's Parties. This is another Nico song. Apparently, this is Andy Warhol's favorite song on the album. This is, this one, so when this song came on, because you hear that piano in the back, the, uh, the only thing I could think of to describe it was, this was like a spooky saloon song. Like, it's not scary, but there's like a kind of like, with Nico's vocal style, there's something spooky like- Spooky saloon. Yeah, spooky saloon. Hey, welcome, hey, well- <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome here? to the spooky saloon. How tough are you? Hey, welcome to the spooky saloon now in New Orleans and uh, Nola. Uh, fuck, I cannot get a good accent. Hey, well, well, welcome hey, to well, the spooky saloon down here in Nola. Uh, down here in Nola. I don't know if we gotta get French. I might as well just go for French. Welcome to New Orleans. Welcome to the spooky saloon. Would you like a drink with us? Hey. I gave it a six. 
Alright, for me, I give it a 5 out of 10 because I thought this was going on forever. Isn't this one like... I literally sit here and I'm just like, Hey, when's the song over? Oh, no, it's not over That is yet. one thing God that... Damn you, it! It's like, that is one thing you could probably criticize about the record is that the songs... It's not so much that they start and end or whatever, hey. but it's just they do kind of... All I can say with the song, I'm looking at the time. It's not six minutes. Oh, there you go. But it's five minutes and 59 seconds. Oh, this is the one that... Okay, I thought that was... Uh, what was it? I thought that was like uh, Venus and Fur, but no, it's this one. Okay. All right. All right, next one. Heroin. You know, what was... You, I want to hear your thoughts first. <laughs> My opinion. I wrote down... This is a nice song where you awkwardly stare at a couple watching at a pun while they're just while typing this out. Fuck this song. It was going on forever. High five out of 10 because there's a part of me that kind of like it. So let me I think I was painting a picture here. I was sitting here listening to this song and then I was awkwardly just staring at a couple sitting on a bench staring into a pond while typing this out. And I'm just going, yeah, this fucking song goes on forever. But maybe, maybe something kind of made me vibe. Just enough where I was like, not just give it another 5 out of 10 or just hate on it. I gave it a high 5 out of 10. That's what I thought of this song. So I love this song. Oh. Um, it's maybe, some, that's, maybe that's why I liked it. I think it's some of Lou's best lyrics on the record. Why, I like about how drugs? <laughs> what are you, a druggie over there? I like how the song Boy, you do <laughs> I like how the song... Or you like some dope? I like how this song starts slow like this, but it like well, you picks pop up some pills. Oh my god! So it it, it, pop, it it picks up right, but then but then Your mom even when it, this, you do drugs, don't you? Your mom listens to this podcast, all right? Listen, man. All I, I you wanted premarital was, sex. Listen, man. Who all would do I that? Was a You're smoking your smoking your marijuana cigarettes? Okay, sorry. I was having. <laughs> do you need a moment? So this is what I was actually talking about, where oh, it starts off slow, down. where it like picks up, but it's got whatever the fuck that is in the back, just throwing it on, and it, and like the last like few minutes, like two, maybe three minutes of the song, it gets all fucking destructive. It's great. The atmosphere, this song creates is rad. Like, like I've never done heroin, I never will, but this song, I'm like, man, I feel like Lou Reed is accurately creating an atmosphere of like. You know, hey man, you're on drugs right now or something. I I, I really like the song. It's atmosphere. Uh, I actually gave this song an eight. It's the best song on the album for me. I just I just like it. Sick. All right, I'm back, baby. Sorry, I had I had to put the microphone away. I might have been a little chaotic. It's okay. But now we're back. The song's called "There She Goes." More like "There James Goes Again." There, there I go again. Oh, okay. I guess I'll start this. Oops, off. James did it again. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> so I wrote here, we follow that crazy, trippy number of a song we just did. And this song comes in. I'm like, this feels like a totally different band. I just wrote down, hey, I wrote down, I totally missed this song the first time because it was short. And I was like, wait. Yeah, it's like two and a half minutes. I just realized, wait, I missed the whole song, fucking song. What the fuck happened? But then I gave it a six out of ten because I wrote down, thank you for wasting less of my life. I gave it a, I gave it a high five. It followed up this really just, just just like beautiful but fucked up atmospheric song. And then you just have this, which I'm just like, this sounds like they're trying to rip off the Who. Who were trying to sound like they ripped off the Beatles for their first two records. So I wasn't yeah, impressed. Yeah, good job, guys. So I wasn't impressed. Yeah, I'm sure you're pissed. You're like, hey. I, I wasn't 
this. I was just like, yeah, he came off. I was like, hey, I came up with an awesome song where James was awkwardly staring at a couple. I guess you were awkwardly staring at a couple. I was fucking awkwardly staring at a couple. All right, I didn't unintentionally, but I'm sitting there. I was like, what a nice couple. Okay, I feel like I'm staring too long. I'm taking forever to type this out. Son of a bitch. Yeah, so, yeah, high five. What'd you give it? Oh, you gave it a six because yeah, you missed it. Yeah, I missed it, and then I re-listened to it, and I'm like, oh, thank God it was short. You know, this is history we're listening to right now. Okay, this wasn't history where it was popular in its time, all right? Because it wasn't popular in its time. Hey, I'm wondering When this record why. came out, all the critics were like, this shit fucking sucks. Hey, I wonder why. This, this album be- is popular with the kind of people that like Frank Zappa. Hey, hey. I like Frank Zappa's well, yeah, jazz record. Well, yeah, I like record. Frank Zappa's. Yeah, that was a good record. But I'm not liking this record too much. I'm not going to lie. All right, all right. Okay, you know what? I think you just Sorry. don't like Lou Reed. Hey, Lou Reed takes a lot. It, there's a lot to take in with Lou Reed, all right? Yeah. We've learned that with Lulu. Oh, and yeah. And supposedly that's the most Lou Reed of Lou Reed. It's pretty Lou Reed. Just saying. Just saying. Like, this is a band where, like, he has to work with other people creatively, even though he was pretty much the main songwriter. His solo career was like, yeah, no, just when Lulu happened, I think Metallica was like, Jesus, I mean, Lou Reed, take the wheel. Lou Reed, take the wheel. We're your backing band. That's right, baby. So, yeah, this is I'll Be Your Mirror. This is the final Nico song on the album, and I think this is better than the other two. It's mellow, and it's not, okay, it's not really that different than the other songs she's done or even the other simpler mellow songs on this record but its simplicity was endearing i gave it a six she has a nice voice so for this one i wrote down yeah i'm kind of fading out over here five out of ten oh, you must have loved the last two songs oh, oh my god oh no we'll see next one you want to say this title oh no what is this title so next one we have the black angels death song Hey, doesn't this sound like the last song on Lulu? I just wrote down... Here's here's my review. Oh, Lord. Violins and Lou Reed. <laughs> I knew you thought this. I, I Five was out hoping, of ten. I was hoping you thought the same thing. I, I can sum up this yeah, song. I was scared, all right? I got scared. I was like, oh, God. Wait. Is this going to be 19 minutes? It wasn't. It was three. I wrote here, I can sum up this song with a quote from Lou Reed himself. The idea here was to string together words for the sheer fun of their sound with no particular meaning. Which I feel like, depending on the person, you could be like, isn't that all of Lou Reed's songs? I don't think so. I think we tried to listen to some other Lou Reed songs, and no, there might have been more pattern and structure. Yeah. So, yeah. Not here. All my ass. There's also a part during this, there's also parts during the song where Lou just directly blows into the mic, and yeah, I don't know. It's not. I wouldn't return to this one. There's oh, a fu- yeah. there is a funny story about this song. So they got a gig played I at a cut my tits off. Like yeah, this I'm part. Something Boris Korloff. There's a funny story about the song. So they got a gig playing at like a bar for like a couple nights or whatever, and the, they played the song. The bar manager or whatever was like, didn't like the song, so he was like, "Yeah, can you guys not play that song?" And then apparently they proceeded to play the song again with quote unquote a vengeance. So says Wikipedia, and they got fired. Anyway, I gave the song a five. I didn't really care for it. I gave it a five out of ten too. Did I already say my rating? Oh well. yes. Oh, thank God. The European, the last song, a.k.a. the European Sun. The song. I feel like you're going to have a little bit more insightful. So here, let me just say it. 
I was gonna give this song a seven out of ten for being the last song, and then for the most part for not being half bad. Yeah, it's fun. But then I realized it was seven minutes, and then I hated it. Seven and a half. Yeah, four out of ten. I gave it a fuck. You, you went four. from a seven to a four. Yeah. Fuck. I was very pissed at the song. I was like, God fucking damn it. Ugh. You know what? Maybe I didn't care for this record too. Maybe this is a record I might have to re-listen. Maybe I need more abstract brain. So I, I didn't have abstract brain. I had normal Jane brain. So I had the wiki open for this because this record, every song for this record has a Wikipedia page, which is a feat that I've what? Which is a feat I've uh, only. Maybe that's why you keep giving me so much backstory. Well. That sounded like the Yeti from Rudolph, but I was gonna say yeah, um, that was the song, people. That was the song. Um, I literally thought I was like, "Wait, does some random thing just start playing on my phone?" I was so like, not every song no, on every, not every song on every Velvet Underground record has a Wikipedia page. I think it's just this record, but still, that's something I've only seen achieved by like some Zeppelin records. I think every Floyd record, almost, and every Beatles record. So there you go. This song was dedicated by the band to a poet named Delmore Schwartz and they dedicated this song specifically because it has the fewest lyrics because Schwartz abhorred rock and roll lyrics so that's kind of interesting and a a musicologist named Richard Witz said this song this song sounds like little more than a song of self-loathing anyway so yeah it's kind of cool I guess it feels like a bird song on crack. The song is the song at its core is just seven and a half minutes of just fucking around and jamming, which is funny because if you go to this one, it says on Wikipedia page this song could be seen as a precursor to the band's next album and to a song on there named Sister Ray, which was a seventeen-minute-long rock improv. No, I'm not listening. To it. <laughs> so I gave the song a six. I like, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, I really, I really liked how batshit nuts this record just went on the at the end with all the feedback and noise. It was cool. Uh, that was my thoughts. Although, you know, if you weren't feeling the rest of the record already, I guess I can understand why you go from giving the song a seven to a. Is it a four? or Is it a fuck you four? Oh, it's a fuck you four. Okay. <laughs> I hated it. Because it was like, damn it, it's seven minutes. Fuck you. So and that's their intention. You know what? They're fucking with you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey, this isn't half bad. But I realized, oh, no, you're doing this forever because you want to fuck us. It's actually almost eight minutes because the song's like us. seven and forty nine. Oh, yeah. As I said, just want to fuck us. So. What's your overall opinion on this album? So out of a score of one hundred and ten. Ironically enough, this album ended up getting a 69. Nice. So, I'm going to be honest. When I listened to the record, it took a bit, but around before somewhere between Venus and Fur and Heroin, I was like, you know what? I feel it. I can feel like why this record would have been an influence on. Like I'm thinking of all the bands I that I that I've either listened to or have seen hearsay through from wiki and interviews and stuff from places. You know, we're talking punk bands, uh, indie bands. You know, a bunch of different like um, shoegaze bands and the like. 
They're like, oh yeah, we loved Velvet Underground. Metal guys liked uh, liked Velvet Underground and stuff. So I'm like, I really can feel like, man, I can feel like how this album is inspirational, and I genuinely liked it. Like, the album's inspirational enough where it makes you realize, you know what. You yeah. can start a band. It isn't that hard. <laughs> you can do shit like this. It's well, the, okay. fam- the famous quote about someone made w- about this record when it was revisited years later was like, yeah, you know, this album didn't sell well when it first came out, but you know what? I guarantee you everyone that bought that record when it came out probably started a band. Now, were those bands good? We don't know. No, but, <laughs> but sometimes starting a shitty band... You can leave and start another band, and sometimes you can make a better band, and so, so I f- on and so on. So I feel it. I'm 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 all about the Lou Reed Kool Aid, and it wasn't just Lou him. Re- oh, you're on that. It Lou wasn't Reed just Kool-Aid. him on this record. I've listened to some of his solo stuff, and he has that Prince problem where it's like, man, when he makes something really good, it's awesome, but it's sometimes a lot of crap. Because because like Prince, you know, I love Prince, but he has a lot of stuff where I'm like, yeah, this is just kind of boring and self indulgent. But yeah, no, I like this record. Now, would I listen to every song again? No, I'd only listen to like three or four. But I really liked it, and it's finally a—it's a CAR where it actually lives up to the classic part of that. So, yeah, I liked it. And now, be the yang to my yin. Oh yeah, no, I didn't care for it. I felt I was. I thought you'd at least like how noisy and like how proto punk it was. Yeah, but like it's so low energy though. I like a little bit more energy in my life. There's energy. It's just it just maybe doesn't reflect in the percussion, but there's stuff that it and like the guitars do where it's like chaotic. I mean, it was definitely chaotic for the time. Yeah, but like literally, it's like you hear them like being chaotic right now, and it's like you hear them like wheeling away. But I can imagine just a guy just standing still, just going ding 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 ding. ding, ding yeah, ding, I could see that. Like freaking right up on his amp or so. Like I don't. It's not too energetic for me. It was a little too low energy for me, and it just made me think of Lulu, where I literally think it was like, oh my god, did Metallica literally just want to make a Velvet Underground album? It sure sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. As I said, it's not my thing. I don't got the Lulu, I don't drink the Lulu Kool-Aid. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have freaking abstract brain. It's not my thing. Sometimes I can get abstract brain, and I can sit there and enjoy it, but I have to get in the mood, and if I'm just kind of sitting here, just like taking at face value, how I do for most CARs, it was not a winner for me. I kind of wouldn't recommend it, but I wouldn't stop anyone from listening to it. Yeah. I think that's the most I can say. Yeah. Anything else? No, just that it makes sense, I guess, why because a lot of bands and musicians I like love these guys and like like you know, like like Billy Corgan likes this, you know, Smash Two Puppet Shirt Resident likes this, Sonic Youth likes this. So I guess it just I think I liked it a little more just because it resonated with my music taste already. So. Yeah. I listen to some noisy but stuff. Look, keep in mind though, there it there everything Lou Reed has ever done is polarizing. So the two totally different reactions. I'm, not only am I not surprised, I think Lou Reed encouraged that. So, <laughs> I'm just as I said, it's just my biggest gripe. It's a little low energy, and it doesn't grab me. Yeah. Well, either way, listeners, we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna get into the main event. So we'll be right back. Yep. <sighs> Previously on Supergroup. I was going, listeners, and now it's time for the main event. Wait, you're recording? Hell yeah, right now. 
the drummer, Zeppelin Air, Jason Bonham. Is this what you're doing be for the recap because you didn't take notes? What? What? Well, what? I'm just saying. Wait, you don't want the listeners to hear it? Yeah, hair metal golden boy. Ted Nugent is like playing, playing in a band with Santa, Santa Claus. Yeah, what does that mean? I feel like these guys deserve me. They're all virtuosos. They all got a lot of piss and vinegar. Whip it out. I'll whip it out. I got me a rock and roll band. Into the mix. Here comes the brains of the operation. Oh, my God. Legendary rock manager, Doc McGee, who delivered the Yeah, that's the same guy that, like, you know, managed all the bands with Hootie and the Blowfish. Play a show. The first jam session saw Ted's old school clash with Evans' new God, school. the show is very loud. Yeah, it's supposed to be loud as like, rock and roll! Yeah! I guess so, yes. Yeah! When the new PR team suggested an image makeover. This is as nice as it gets, baby. Despite the distractions of Sin City. Come on, Scotty, play with us. Oh, what, Scotty, you don't want to play with one who won't play with him? Five rock stars. One gaudy house. This is the ugliest house I've ever seen. Twelve days. No second chances. Can they pull it off? I think it's gonna be tough. This is Supergroup. Alright, Ed. I guess now time for the main event. Alright. Episode 2 of Supergroup. What's good? How did the show go? Other than, obviously, the recap right there. It went shitty, because this is a terrible television oh show. Oh, my God. Fuck yeah. No, this show's fucking terrible. This show, this episode is debatably worse than last week. Because, like, well, let's get into it. Let's just get into it. How did, it show, how did the show start proper? So, the next morning... Ted is up like dumbass early in the morning. Yeah, we have fucking Ted Nugent just going, how's it going? My name's Ted Nugent. I'm still in hunting season I'm mode. I'm still in hunting season mode. So that means I go to bed around like eight and I wake up around like four and it's like, you know what? I don't get it. Usually when me and when it comes to the hunters and stuff, it's just that we're the really irresponsible ones are the ones who sleep in. So you know what? I'm about to wake everyone up while playing some loud guitar. And what did he do? He plugs in his guitar. He yells, Rise and shine, motherfucker. And he plays the national anthem. Very loudly. Yep. <laughs> and then you just have Scott. And only Scott Ian wakes up and goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is awesome. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. New York. Scotty in New York. Oh, my God. He says, I'm living in a house where Ted Nugent's waking me up with the national anthem. Ha, ha, ha. My life rules. <laughs> my life rules. Okay, Scott. Thank you, Scott. I think only Scott Ian's the one. Well, okay. I guess Sebastian Bach, which I'll just call him Baz, is like the only one that actually gives a fuck about. Yeah, didn't Evan call him that throughout the episode? He kept calling him Baz. Oh, yeah. Sebastian. Sebastian. Baz. Well, either way, with the waking up, yeah. except I recall Evan, but you're, you lead a lay. So everyone is waking up, getting coffee, and now we got a problem. Because I'm going to assume, because VH1 is so stupid, John Bonham. Is apparently technically on tour with Foreigner right wait, now, Jason or something. Wait, is it Jason? Jason Bottom. No, yeah, Jason Bottom. Yeah, you said John Bottom. I'm like, ain't he dead? Oh, <laughs> he's always alive with his music. man. He's alive with his music, man. Yeah, Zeppelin forever. So he literally, yeah, he's just sitting there with his cup of coffee, going, 
All right, so gents, um, I have to go run and play a two-night gig with Forna uh, yeah. later in the week. So, um, sorry about that. And the dates can't be moved, so he's going to be gone for like two or three days. So, so it's like fucking great. And it's like, well, fuck, we got a show in like 10 days, and we got to write a song. So, all right, let's hit the studio. Evan gets mad that Ted tried to wake him up at 10 a.m. Yeah, yeah, we just see Evan, and we just have freaking Ted just like, wakey, wakey, engine bakey, Evan, and we just have, like, Evan just sitting there and like, hey, I think it's disrespectful with you. <laughs> I think it's really disrespectful. Hey, I think it's, re- hey, I really think it's disrespectful you wake me up at, like, 10. Hey, I think us as a bandmates, I get it, you wake up early because your own thing, but yeah. I don't, like, sit there and, like, sitting there, like, disrespect you by going to bed early. You know, I'm really... Right? Oh, fuck it, Evan, I have a fucking hog. I like porn bones, <laughs> porn star babes. All right, fuck you. All right, I don't need to get up right now. I was raging all night with chicks. What were you doing? Oh, yeah, you were clogging the toilet, weren't you? Fucking all-American shred boy. All right. I really like that Scott and Evan are both in this show because between them and also Paul Stanley, oh, yeah, I feel like up. we have a complete. Cracking a cool one. I feel like we have a complete spectrum of New York accents to 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 work with. So now they're together. I tried to drink my mic right now. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, I took a sip and I lifted up my mic, going and putting it on my lips, going, "What the fuck am I doing?" So now they're together trying to jam. There's, no. a, there's a bunch of yelling. You know, I think what they're what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Most of the yelling is because Evan and Ted are having an insecure PP off about who's going to be the leader. Ted's uh, words who's are Who's the band leader? Ted's words are someone needs to be the chief and I'm going to insist upon it. Not someone because need, I not yeah. because I want to. Uh, not be. because he wants to. Because I have to be. He has to. Ted Nugent just has to lead you he guys. He has to lead you guys. And then you have Evan over here going like, hey, uh, can we write a fucking song? We can't just have you noodling away. Yeah. Sebastian's trying to talk, say shit in the microphone. Everyone's talking like, hey, over hey, each other. Hey, come on, other. guys. Our ideas can work together. Come on. Yeah, nothing productive's happening. And then you just have just Jason and Scott just, just hanging yeah. out. Honestly, you don't even notice them. No, you don't. I kind don't. of forget they're in the show sometimes. Yeah. I was like, oh, hey, there's Scott Ian. They're just completely talking over each other, and then they have a powwow, and they're trying to put together a set list for the show, but they can't do that. Why? Because Evan decides now's the time to bring up the name of the band again, and Sebastian then goes, um, let's just call ourselves Supergroup. That's what we are, so yeah. why fight it? Why fight it? We, we saw the billboard, and it's like, yeah, the name's not the best, but had our names under the billboard so just be lazy come on let's not overthink it was rock and roll yeah evan says in a talking head that sebastian is driving him crazy sebastian's driving me crazy with him all the stuff we need to actually take serious so they basically decide we're gonna do a cover set for the entire set but we're gonna have our super cool original song be the second to last song on the set well what did ted say (laughs) we need to have them foaming at the mouth yeah, he said, uh, he said, he said, yeah, if once we have him foaming at the mouth, he said something like once we have him foaming at the mouth and then we do and then we throw that song at him, then they'll be don't be for life. He said some shit like that. I didn't write it down. Yeah, ain't that. the th- Yeah, ain't that. Hey, let's get all these quote unquote all star rock stars, rock and roll warriors to make a super group to just be a shitty cover bar band. I think that Scott Ian super a group he did where he, he where he was the guitar player and the singer was I think like the dude from Fallout Boy or something was a better super group than this one. So 
now so then so they're like you know what yeah we got it we're gonna be super group we're deciding on the set list and the whole time they're like all right jason's only got an hour jason's only got an hour then like five seconds later it's edited like okay bye jason i was like jason's like so gents i've got to go off jason the whole time i have by to the way, go uh play a double set with Fortnite. jason so, the whole night. time by the way he if he wasn't rubbing his face he was rubbing his bald head just up and down with his hand he just looked like he could not get weight to get back to foreigner i'm going to go off to foreigner so Bye, bye, gentlemen. So John leaves, and we. Why meet. am I making him so Australian? So close enough to a British accent. So John leaves, and we meet a woman named T. Jason. L- Fuck. Yeah, I, John I, left the band when he died. All right, <laughs> we get it. All right, you don't need to tell these people that John Bonham's dead because I just told him. By the way, viewers, we did go through the Led Zeppelin discography. Yeah, yeah, we got a back catalog on that one. Go check that out. So after Jason leaves, we meet a woman named TL, who's going to be the band's stylist, I guess. And hey, hey, tell me if this doesn't sound like some deja vu, because oh. like their personal chef that we met last episode. And like the PR lady. Yeah, she comes out. Evan and Ted start being sleazies, and then like the PR people, and they're just sitting there like, "Oh my god, well we got what? So what? Oh, you try to give us, try to help our? Oh, so you try to help us with our image, and you're already half naked. Shoot, this won't be a half bad time. But yeah. then like the PR and then people, you literally had Baz give her a big old hug, yeah. and she drops, and then she like it's implied that her boob slipped out. Mm-hmm. She's kind of wearing like I don't know, it's kind of shirt, it's just open shirt, an open shirt, no bra. Yeah. Maybe her boob slipped out, and you see Scotty in face. Going, I saw a booby. I don't know if I should saw that. And then, like the Whoa. PR people last episode, she's like, "Okay, here are some of my ideas." And then everyone there proceeds to rudely and loudly uh, ridicule her. Now, granted, she's like, like she's able to roll with the punches better than the PR guys. But even but Sebastian is the only one even trying to listen or at least humor well, her. Well, here's the thing: Sebastian there is like, "Hey, hey, guys, hey, what's your idea?" And you know who walks away alone with her? Sebastian. Sebastian. Oh, how does Sebastian have quality female interaction time? It actually all get- these angry nerds are going, You're not showing you my image. Yeah, you got yeah. Scott Ian actually like speaking up. He's like, No, I'm not wearing that. You're not making me look like Pinhead. I wouldn't even wear it out on Halloween. I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. I have literally seen you at a horror convention that I did volunteer work at where you dressed up like a fucking like fucking Mr. Hyde. <laughs> You fucking lie to me. <laughs> How about you shut the fuck up? I forgot you wear did your that. Goofy ass, wear that goofy ass leather trench coat and knock off your fucking jorts. Oh no. What will Scott Ian do without those jorts? Cherry on top of this scene is the fact that when TL's walking upstairs, the, cam- the camera follows her and shamelessly focuses on her ass as she walks And up she's like, Ugh, rock stars, I swear. And Ugh. and then and then Sebastian starts talking to her about his fifteen hundred dollar leather pants, and I was laughing the entire time I typed that. Was that the he, part where he's like, "It's not just like double C"? No, he says they're. This is how he says it. He goes, "And these are triple, quadruple, quintuple, sex tuple, sex tuple." Set tuple stitched. Set tuple stitch. I love Sebastian Buck. So we cut to Ted acapelling. Oh my fucking god! Oh, you good? We cut to Ted acapelling some wrists to Scott, and Scott with a fat. 
fucking grin on his face. By the way, I forgot to mention last episode, there's licensed music throughout this entire show. Yeah. It's not just generic shit like for, uh, uh, like, say, Rock of Love, except when a couple Poison songs would come on. So during this part, I highlight that. They are playing Queen's best friend. And it's like, ooh, you're making me live. That really sweet, ooh. heartwarming song. And then song. he just has Scott Ian, just like, I'm Scott. Uh, fucking damn it I keep like fucking up the New York he, he has a little light New York yeah you guys. gotta remember he, he's he got the uh, yeah. what'd you say he's from Yonkers yeah I'm from hey, turns I'm, out he's from Queens hey, we I'm, learned hey, that this episode I'm from Queens and um, I'm just sitting here and I'm just so cause I'm literally get to be like best friends with Ted Nugent yeah. I'm like screaming inside well Ted's just go oh I'm gonna do it all wherever it goes I'm banging yeah you like that it's like yeah Ted that's cool wanna know a fun fact about this segment what they dedicated, I counted, they dedicated um, 72 seconds of screen time to talk, to, to focus on how Scott Ian is jacked that he gets to hang out with Ted Nugent. I'm like, why the fuck won't this fucking guy stop fucking hype marking out for Ted Nugent? Even Sebastian let up on it this episode. Yeah, even, I'm like, but like every other word out of Scott Ian's mouth, these two episodes, is him just fucking jacking off Ted Nugent. Like, oh, every other word out of his mouth is, oh my God, it's Ted Nugent. I'm oh here with God. Ted Nugent. Oh my he God. Even fu- oh my God, it's Ted I'm Nugent. I'm like, Scott, oh you my- have. Oh my God, he's, uh, he's working shopping rest for me that's so cool i'm oh. like scott you oh. have oh, other yeah, no. uh, uh. <laughs> i'm like scott you have other influences as a guitar player mm. the dude from cheap trick ace young no. and ted he nugent. has met them no. you're ted telling nugent. me ted nugent top tier my favorite b-level guitar player of time oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah oh my god for workshopping riffs yo let me show you let me show you my chart like and Ted's like, cool. Now here's my riff. And he's like, oh my God. That's so cool. My point is it's stupid, okay? Yeah. Um, On to the next block. And then, and then Ted, but Ted at the end of it's like, you know, I hope they get these little bits of admiration, everyone says, because it's cute. The cuter the, cute. the cuter, the critter, the sweeter the meat, he said. It's not just, just an aesthetic. It's cute. It's protein. Thank you. Thank you, Ted. Thank you, Ted. So then we cut, and Ted Nugent gets his crossbow, and he takes him to a gun store. Yeah, we're going to go to Outdoor World. The store employees look incredibly uh, annoyed that they're all there. Yeah, I'm sure because you have Ted Nugent just being annoying, or it's like, we're just trying to do a normal work day on. We're trying Tuesday. to sell guns. We're in L- we're in Las Vegas. We're trying to sell guns to like regular people. Yeah, no. Well, they're at an outdoor store. It's not. It, a yeah, gun- it's not even a gun store. Yeah, it's an outdoor bass, shop. Yeah. Dude, it's basically a giant Bass Pro shop. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where they're at. Uh, Sebastian gets salty because three girls don't recognize him from being in <laughs> Skid Row. Ha! <laughs> ha! He literally sitting there is like because like it was like oh you guys playing a rock band? What band were you? Is like oh. I was in Skid Row. And he tries to do, what song was he singing? And then he's just like sitting there and he's like trying to do like fucking I Remember You. Yeah. I remember you. And they're like, like, I remember you. you. Sorry, don't know that one. he's like, you ever see Gilmore Girls? (laughs) Yeah, I was a guitar player. Hey, that's where we recognize you. And he's like, wow, I met like these chicks that don't even know my band, but they knew my appearance at Gilmore Girls. I'm like, well, I'm glad that's your lasting legacy, and I didn't look that up. Your so appearance me, in Gilmore Girls. Let me repeat. He was mad because that was the most rock star thing I've actually seen from this show. He got mad that he got recognized from Gilmore Girls and not Skid Row. That was great. 
So Ted does some target practice. He has a line where he says, honey is perfect and people who don't like honey are perfectly, you know, arsler. So then he shows well, these, anyone that doesn't like it. They are arsler. All yeah. right. Perfectly uh, arsler. They are perfectly arsler. So then he this shows is an, an actual human interaction of yeah. life that you must hunt and kill. So then and he, I tend Nugent must uh, show this and must show that this is what I do. If you ask me, my personality is playing guitar and hunting and nothing else. Fine. Maybe I'm also cute. I think I'm cute. Come on. I know I'm sexy. So then he shows these guys how to arch. Scott gets a good hit. And this is where he goes. Yeah. Straight out of Queens. So there you go. He's from Queens. Yeah. I was like, you know who else is from Queens? Straight out of Queens. You never thought I could be hunting. You know who else is from Queens? Who? Spider-Man. Hell yeah. So next day, which by the way. Hey, Peter Parker, you over there fucking shooting the fucking arrows. Hey, hey, hey what happened to your hair, Peter Parker? Hey, Peter Parker, go to the give me give me a go to the Fettuccine Revolution and get me a cannoli. Hey, 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 hey. I need you to hey. run down to the shop, to the corner shop. I need you to grab me a cannoli, okay? Hey, Scotty, I'm gonna call you Peter Parker, because you're a puny little bitch. But go fucking chug your guitar and go get me a motherfucking cannoli. What? So next day, it's day four. I need to point something out to you. Day four, oh, they God. have 12 days, which means they have eight days left. Still no fucking song. Well, there's... We see Sebastian doing vocal warm-ups, and he says, you should always take care of your voice to the point of annoying those around you and get lots of rest. He, no, he like literally sit there and is like, hey, let me tell you something. Hey, let me tell you something about this rock and roll thing. It's not glamorous, all right? You know what really actually helps the voice? Well, no, he literally goes like, most people have this image of rock and roll where you can just go in, you take a shot of Jack, and then you're already yeah. to a vocal practice, and you're all ready to go. Ah, no. A good night's rest, and in doing proper war- vocal warm-ups. Why? Because my voice, that's the skills that pays the bills. Sebastian, and he's just like, huh, nah, 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 nah. Sebastian Bach. I want to get lay, 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 laid. Sebastian Bach has these moments. I want to get lay, 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 laid. Sebastian Bach has these moments where he feels like so, like actually, kind of like hey, you're knowledgeable just, yeah. and down to earth. Yeah, you. But got, then Sebastian Bach is also the guy that got mad that he got recognized from Gilmore Girls and not Skid Row. Hey, this is also the guy where he's doing the. He's talking about where the skills that pays the bill. He's just shirtless at the pool mm-hmm. and just in shades, just like relaxing in the sun, going. Hey, Hey, having a good night's rest and then just being able to like do this of like wow crazy rock star right here that's guys. what i mean he has these moments where he's like oh man you seem like a pretty approachable guy i know what you're doing with this music shit but then other times he's sebastian bach yep. talking about his 1500 dollars leather pants that'd be like three grand in the 2023 economy yeah it's like sick tublet subtuplet whatever septuple stitched leather pants yeah Fucking and then oh my god, this poor lady. We cut to the personal chef and Oh let, let, hey, what was let, her name again? Deshaun. Deshanka? Deshanka. Hey, Deshanka, yeah. how's it going? Let me walk you let me oh. walk let, let me let me walk you hey, all hey, through. No, a, this is great. Hey, this that's is what a great I'm saying. Moment. That's what I'm saying. Let me walk you all through a scene here. That motherfucker Ted Nugent walks into the kitchen. The chef lady, she could not look more annoyed she at literally, this man's she existence. She literally said, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, okay, she didn't say, oh, fuck, but she basically said something on those lines where he she's asked, just like, oh, fuck. So he's trying to make small talk, right? He asks her, hey, hey you know any of my bandmates' music? She says, no. <laughs> 
you know my music? She says no. Yeah, I think that's a definite no. And then... Do you even know your own music, And then Ted he Nugent? says the following words. Ted Nugent says, my music is so cool. My music is That's it. So that's all cool. he says. He just says, my music is so cool. That's all he says. He doesn't try to be like, oh, it's so cool. It does this or that, or it's used by blah, blah. No, he's like, my music is so cool. And then she says, and they have to, then she says, you really like to toot your own horn, don't you, Mr. Nugent? <laughs> and Ted has somehow deluded himself into thinking that he has charmed her. I have charmed her. She says in a talking she head. She thought I was some crazy rocker, but did you realize I could hang out and be cute and adorable? She says in a talking head, I don't know what his attitude towards women is, but it's probably not great. And as soon as she says that, he says, she could cook my grits any old time. Oh, she can cook my grits any old time. Thank fucking God we cut to Sebastian and Evan writing their Affliction t-shirt music. Yeah. They're doing demos and working on lyrics. They're working on lyrics. And, and, and like point, you just have Evan going like, yeah, you know what? I might not be able to play bass. I might not be able to really sing. Because I destroy my vocals. I have like a, I have a paralyzed like. Yeah, he said one of his vocal like, cords is frozen. Yeah, one of my vocal cords is throw, frozen. So I got to get to the Evan. Do, 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 do. But my vocal cords is frozen. My vocal cords are frozen, but I can write some lyrics. And you know what? We're seeing genuine bonding. I know. With Baz and Evan. Yeah. Where you got like Baz going, that is sick. Yeah, yeah. And you got Evan going, oh, you like that? Oh. Why are you doing his sex dialogue? So then, and then at one point he says, he, he says that Sebastian is Sebastian's biggest fan. Well, he's Wait, not right. No, he said that. There's a point where Sebastian like Sebastian Box said like No, Seb no, Evan said that Sebastian is Sebastian's biggest fan. Yeah. And I wrote here, I said, Well, he's not wrong. I think everyone coming into the show except for Jason might have a bit of an ego. Yeah. Even then, Jason's the son of John Bonham. I mean, I don't know if that's an ego or maybe that's impossible shoes to fill. So and we really like spend some time with them and yeah, like, and, like listen, vocal Wait, are we at the point where they're tracking vocals? Yeah, and it's like listen, we can roast the music and the lyrics all we want, and there's a lot. But I'll be honest, well, watching them work on the, for. watching them work on the vocal aspect, oh my God. and they're talking you about being genuine right now. Yeah, because they're talking about keys and notes. I'm like, listen, it's better than whatever the fuck Ted Nugent's doing. Oh yeah, no, Ted Nugent does nothing to contribute this to the show. This was such a nice breath of fresh. Air. No yelling, there? no bullshit, just two dudes actually doing what the show wants them to do and working on music. It was nice. Now, then the vocal tracks. If you thought this show was stupid before, <laughs> so they're working on the vocal tracks. Mm -hmm. I have no other way to summarize it other than Sebastian Bach, who really is a good singer is having a tough time nailing these, I don't know, tough guy vocals that Evan wants. Yeah, because Evan's sitting there is like, no, I need you. Like, you know, it'd be really, really sick if there was like an octave down with your melody. Yeah. And then he was like, Evan's like, well, Evan, why don't you try it? Do, 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 do. Okay, I'll try it. Um, uh, uh. Like, he's trying to get in key, but he's like, uh. yeah. What's the fucking line that they're saying? I didn't write it down, but it was, was it one of the ones so where it's like, there's something about like souls and desire or so fire. I don't fire. remember. Soul is Yeah. Soul existence. Oh, yeah. Like, so 
what sucks is like, you know, and then you got Baz going, hey, let me just come in. Yeah. And then he's like, so there's like maybe kind of like Ozzy or just something like, so. He's like, so. What sucks is that James isn't actually that far off from what they were doing. Yeah, no, it was literally that, except they had like tunes going. You want me to just pull up the scene? No. So then. Oh, no fun. So then talk comes in. So then, t- oh, oh, you're what, Miss? You're one of Mister Hour and a Half. Hey, hey, hey! We're doing a good job right now. Hey, we still got to do the Metallica tier list. We forgot. Yeah, well, I want to do it before Velvet Underground. It, listen, it's the uh, it, it's the dark match. It's the dark match after Raw. Continue. Let's just go. So Doc tells the guys. Oh, so okay. Now you want to rush? So Doc comes in. He gathers everyone together, and he's like, "Okay, we have a publicist coming over, and I have someone that can substitute for Jason." I almost said John. I did not. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah, this yeah. was the weirdest scene in the show. He's and like, at this point, I'm sitting there as like. All right, all they're doing is exploiting these rockers, and literally they're just... It's like they're trying to annoy them. Yes, and it's great. And then we see in the practice room a beatboxer named Kid Beyond. He looks like if Billy Corgan ate Henry Rollins. This he, Doc McGee with completely serious face is telling them, "Yeah, this guy's gonna be your. Uh, this guy's gonna be your. Uh, you know, your guy. He's gonna be your percussion guy. He's gonna Jason's be your percu- gone. Yeah, well, Jason's gone. We're gonna have a beatboxer. And Sebastian's just like." Send him home. <laughs> Can you just send him home? Why are we using a beatboxer guy? And I said, there's like, yeah, you know, I agree. Why? Because I think you're just fucking with them at this moment. And this is the and p- this beatboxer guy is so sincere. Yeah. Because he's just sitting there. He's in the room. He's like, <laughs> yeah, just like, I can't beatbox with shit. Yeah. So. And this is the point where I wrote in my notes. And I wrote here in my notes, God damn it, the episode is only half done. So we jump to the PR meeting, and the first thing... And then the first... Okay, okay, And the first thing in this PR scene dealing with is Sebastian yelling at everyone, We need to name ourselves Celebutard. No, yeah, because Doc comes in, and he's like, Gentlemen, we need a band name. Yeah. And Supergroup is not a band name. No. So come up with a band name. And then it's out of nowhere. They're just like yelling and we hear Sebastian go, but what about Celebutard? And he's so <laughs> sincere about it. He's like, that's it. That's the fucking name. That's the fucking name. And it's like, no. And no. And then other shitty names. The Dude, real did, meaning. How many is- names did you actually get? What's his name? Evan. What the fuck uh, happened to you? I was holding in a burp. And that came out with a vengeance. The only the only thing I remember is that Evan had a really dumb one where I don't remember. I just know that I just know that Ted has a line where he's like, I liked Supergroup because it was so obnoxious. Like, uh, oh, here's the thing about Supergroup. It's a very terrible name, but it also came off really obnoxious. I'm like, oh, like fucking you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. The yeah. real me of this scene is when Sebastian says, I have an idea. Uh, I need to get I have an idea. So he has his hand up yeah. and he goes, so you see, it's like five fingers coming together as a fist. The camera zooms in on his fist, grease screens in the red background with the word, the text fist, just right there sitting on the screen. He's like, let's call ourselves fist. And then you have Doc going fist. Yeah. Five fingers coming together. Five of us coming together into a fist. And then the show really plays onto it too. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. It's hilarious. I was laughing. Every time they say fist, they bring up the fist logo. Just fist. I haven't laughed this hard at something we reviewed in a long time. Okay, low key. This was I'm hilarious. going in a dormant memory right now. You might not like this. I swear back in your youth. No, yeah, no, you're right. I was thinking the same thing. Back when we were in high school, before I came up you with the name for my thought. band, before I came up with the name Justifiable Trees and for my band, I was like, you know what would be a great name for a band? Fist. I had no idea the show even existed. Apparently, me and Sebastian Bach are kindred spirits. That's a right. A great singer and a really terrible singer on similar chakras. That's right. <laughs> As you want to name a band. Fist. It's kind of a cool Fist. name. Come on, it's kind of a cool Fist. Come on, it's kind of a cool name for a band. Hey, you know what would be really sick? If they put that like Fist logo in Kiss font. Yeah, yeah, he that says that. Fist. That's what he said. He's he's like the he's like that name would look really good in the Kiss font. Yeah. I think Sebastian Bach's a music nerd. I think uh, Bach might be. So after Doc is pretty much like, what the fuck is this? Then well, t- we need a fucking band to promote the show, so fuck it. We'll run with Fist. Ted, Ted tells- Oh, yeah, that's right. Remember, like, because Ted was also yelling at the publishers, too. He's like, how about you dot down your ideas, and you, how about- You guys seem like you'd get paid for something. Where's your ideas? And they're just like- can you not? They just had this look on their face, just like, can you not, Mr. Nugent? Hey, uh, New- Mr. Nugent, can you? He's like, we are literally sitting here with, think of the names that these people played in. Skid Row. Anthrax. Led Zeppelin. We are literally trying to come off from these band names. Like, like, I don't think Jason Bonham played in Led Zeppelin. He came out of the drummer's... Co- All right, he was born out of the drummer's dick, so... All right... Sorry, he is the fucking seed of a freaking the drummer of Led Zeppelin, all right? So Ted tells the PR people that they want to play them the demos that they've come up with, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Bass is like, yo, you should totally check out these demos. Was it Bass or was it, like, It Evan? was Ted, actually. Uh, so, like, Sebastian Ted- left to, like, go work on them. And then, like, it was like, hey, we're ready to check out this demo. They're not ready. Get out of here. Now. Before they. Now. Before they get. Oh. <laughs> before they get to that. Evan decides that now is the time. Keep in mind, he was not as rude as Ted, but he was being rude to them too. He decides that now would be a good time. He says in the talking head, you know, me and my wife have an adult film oh company. Oh my God. Do, 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 do. And we could use a West Coast publicist. Hey, he, hey, he literally he walks just like, up hey, to I, the lady. Hey, I know I know you guys are here for one job, but hey, hey let's talk business. Let's talk the business. I'm going to tell you all exactly what he said. He says... He tells the lady point blank up front if you watch some of our movies hey, you should like totally... like Paradise Island. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Like Paradise Island, you can never tell where fantasy begins and reality ends. If you're enamored with us as a couple, wait till you see us fuck on film. <laughs> you need to just do it in the do 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 voice. It's, it's fuck on Well, it's not fully Ooh. how we sound, but yeah, no, yeah. but it's his energy. Yeah. I feel like it fits okay, the energy. Okay, let me let me try again. Let me try again. Hey, um, you should totally watch you us want, on Paradise Island. All right. If you enamored with us as a couple, wait till you see us fuck on film. Yeah, yeah. Wait till you see us actually fuck on film. So yeah, publish this deal. Yeah, you want to do it, girl? Let me and she's re- like, no. And he's like, damn, I got a hard on right now. You talk back to me. Hey, girl, you want to be in a film? Are you good over there? <laughs> because that's literally what Evan does. So when Sebastian kicks everyone hey, out to jump back ahead, uh, oh. Evan's marking out because 
he says, oh yeah, Sebastian Bach has a program on his computer that lets him record stuff whenever. And, and I, I'm looking and at just, it. And I'm, I found some random producer off the street to and try I'm to help mix it, this. I'm looking at it and I'm like, is that Garage Band? <laughs> Does Sebastian Bach have Garage Band in 2005? Yeah. Because that's what the frame, that's what the UI looked like. And yes, the you're da. right. Evan brings in a guy that goes by the name Captain Kirk. So hey, Captain so Kirk comes a, in. Hey, so I found Captain Kirk right here. Yeah, he's a sound engineer. And he's then a sound engineer. And like Captain Kirk's like, oh my God, this does seem like a genuine opportunity that might actually launch my career. This is a big break and I for I laughed me. at him. I laughed really hard. I was like, ha, ha. Okay, bro. It's the line, this is a big break for me. That's 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 what cracked me. So then Evan announces, hey, I got this friend in Vegas. He's got this awesome restaurant. We got nine o'clock reservations. Hey, it's going to hey, be sick. Hey, I think we've been we've been working too hard now. All right. Well, you haven't. We've been working too hard. And you know what? We're totally relaxed. We're going to one of the best clubs in town in all Las Vegas to one of the best restaurants. Everyone's invited. We should totally do this. It'll be totally sick. We should have a night, sit back and relax. And this is the part where then he goes in and like, he's just punishing Sebastian Bach. Yeah, because he's like, hey, Sebastian, you know, it's almost time to go. And Sebastian's like, oh, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Because he's working on the track. And he's like, I'm working on the track. Sorry. If I go out to dinner, I'm just going to lose all my concentration. And it cannot happen because I need to finish this track now. Yeah, he's literally throwing a fit. And he's like, Baz, you need to chill. Come on. You need to chill. Lord, come on. Why why are you working too hard? Come on. Let's get dinner. Come on, Baz. Come on, buddy. So what ends up happening? Baz is like, no, sorry, I'm working. So what ends up happening is- Hey, the limo will be around. Yeah. What ends up happening is, once again, Scott's the only person that hangs out with Evan. (laughs) Because here's what happened. Sebastian's working. Jason's with Foreigner. And apparently, unannounced to us, Ted Nugent decided at some point to be like, fuck these guys. I'm going to dish them to go to a dive bar and play the blues for a few hours. Yeah, I'm going to go to a dive bar with an open blues night. Yeah, literally, and you these just said, fucking people, man. No, like literally, Evans. Like, I'm trying here to have a genuine dinner. Hell, I even asked our chef. What was her name? Deshaun. Yo, Deshaun. I asked Deshaunka. I asked a lady from the publicist. I'm trying to like pers- persuade her to publicize or just get into my film so she can touch my peepee. I'm just saying, I'm out on dinner and I'm fucking all get Scott again. Look at this dweeb from Queens. Come on, Baz. Come on. I don't know if he says the, the last part of that, but that's the, that's the sense That's the energy. Like, literally, it's yeah. just like sitting there's like, I need Baz. Come on, Baz. Let's get dinner. Come on. To be honest, I'd be, be to be honest, I'd be pissed too, especially because Evan starts trying to call Sebastian where he's at, and Sebastian is just straight up not answering his oh, phone. Oh, yeah. Like, literally, like he knows well, it's ringing, and he's a, not picking yeah, up. Like, literally, they already left to dinner, and he's calling, and he's like, come on, Baz. Is like, and Baz is just ignoring, and B- Sebastian's just like, ignoring his calls and then Evan's getting pissed. It's like, dude, what the fuck? I asked to invite him to dinner. What the hell? There's chicks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he literally at one point tells Scotty in at dinner. He's like, he's like, hey, Scott. He's like, yeah. And he goes, hey, Scott. Fuck Sebastian and fuck Ted Nugent. Hey, hey, you know what? I came out with dinner and I wanted us to band. I want to have a band where people actually want to hang out with me. And all right, they want to do that. Fuck them. They don't get chicks. They just can't handle it. I score pussy. These are just fucking assholes. It's not like Sebastian looks like a chick and I want to fucking have them suck my dick at dinner. No. 
I'm stuck with you, Scott. And Scott's like, cool. He didn't say any of that. It's just the energy of project. <laughs> Honestly, so telling you right now, you might cool if we take a quick pause break. I kind of have to poop. I swear. Okay, fine. Hey. Okay. Uh, where are we? <laughs> So Sebastian finishes up the music and he says, you know, when I got my computer, I used it for porn, but like Yeah, when ult- I first got my computer, but, uh, but like but like Ultimate Asses Monthly is killer, but what if you could make 18 in life in your living room? Well, that is the future, Sebastian Bach. That actually is the future now. He predicted the future. I'm just saying, and there's now a TikTok where you can upload your 18 in life and it can get popular. Yeah. Or you can have someone cover your song and better get popular. Better Skid Row than Poison. Am I actually, am I sure about that? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Better Skid Row than Poison. These, these are some slim pickings you're saying here, bud. They're very slim. So at 3 a.m., Jason comes back. And yeah, 3 a.m. Yeah, 3 a.m. Yeah, we just have Jason Bonham. He just comes back and like, what's going on? It seems like I'm the only one here right now. Scotty Ian comes out. Did of- everyone quit? Am I the only surviving member of the band? Scott Ian comes out yeah, from you just somewhere. Have, yeah, everyone's friend, Scott Ian. Yeah. Hey, I'm every- He's like, hey, I missed you. Hey, I'm everyone's friend. We missed you. Hey, I missed I missed you, Jason. The other voice of reason. Yeah. I Okay, I swear. Where was that? Oh, now I remember. It's from Dragon Ball Z Bridge where Krillin was just literally sitting there in the corner. And he goes like, hey, it's Krillin. Hey, everyone. It's okay. It's Krillin. Everyone's friend. I'm everyone's friend, okay? We don't need to be wild here. <laughs> That's, That's literally Scotty in right now. He's literally just going, hey. Everyone I'm, likes Krillin. Hey, I'm hey. my name's Scotty in, and I'm everyone's friend. Yeah. And fist. So Jason goes don't into Don't worry, his spoiler room. alert, that name does not stick. So It's actually even a worse name, if you ask. Oh, I don't know. Fist is pretty terrible. So Jason walks into his room. He sees a demo for Fist, and he says, hmm, I hope I'm not called Fist. And that's the show, everybody. Oh, my God. I took ne- a shit and the show's over. Yeah. Next week, uh, there's going to be Egos and Bad Words. What's hey, all- hey, that'd be a good name for a podcast. Egos and Bad Words. Egos and Bad Words. Yeah. E&B. E&B. This especially yeah. Okay. You want to fucking do these Metallica rankings? Or no, wants- I kind of want to just... I want to meet more on fucking Evan wanting to fucking pork friggin' Sebastian. Because I, I took a bit of time writing this, so if we don't do it now, I'm doing it next week. I think it's now poetic. Now, listeners, to anyone that's still staying around, if you want to go back to her bat- past couple episodes... We've been on a journey with Metallica. It's been 11. It's been 11 <laughs> episodes we did about Metallica. We even listened to Lulu. Because fuck it, why not? It, it's honestly hilarious because now we flex that on good friend Dylan. Yeah. We're going, hey, you're a fucking poser. You don't fucking, you haven't listened to Lulu, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, you haven't listened to Lulu. Fuck. You call yourself a Metallica <laughs> fan? You got no nipples. You's a bitch. He, I think that's one of the maddest you've ever made him. <laughs> Because he's like your quote-unquote typical Metallica. He doesn't like the lows. He doesn't like St. Anger. He only likes the first four albums, Death Magnetic, and then everything else he could take or leave. But when we started being like, Dylan, you bitch, you hadn't even listened to Lulu. <laughs> he got so mad. <laughs> I don't blame him, honestly. Because Lulu isn't much of a flex. Anyway, Why is he getting mad? That's a good point. So either way, anyway. So I guess I'll go through this quick. Yeah, uh, the tradition of list. I'll rank my rankings, and then you. This can. is the Ed <laughs> rankings. 
They might get controversial. I think the only time you've done this was when we did Guns N' Roses, and that was four albums. Okay, that was easy, all right? Yeah, it was four albums. Yeah, I think we made me do it Iced Earth, and I was like... You know what? That's fair, because that was... that was We a, shouldn't have done that one, because honestly, we didn't even like most of them. Yeah, a lot of Iced Earth just sucked. <laughs> honestly, the only reason Iced Earth was cool is when he like stormed the Capitol. Yeah, what, and what, 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 what's your name for him? What's the, your name for him? Oh, what? What? What's my name? What's your name for him? Oh, the good blue-collar commando. <laughs> I'm out here to save America with shitty power metal thrash wrists. Civil War. Uh, I rather I think America would rather die than have you <laughs> save us with iced earth. Uh <laughs> so, mm. so number twelve. Mm. No surprise here though. Wait, wait, lo- I thought it was eleven. Wait, we're at twelve? Yeah, because number twelve, Lulu. Eh, yeah. In Dylan, which in Dylan's words, that's not a that's not that's not an album. Okay, if you're saying Lulu's twelve, then I will put down Hmm. That's actually a good question. You know what? Out of my personal experience, you've got to not be in quali- not in quality, but just in more of my personal experience going through the journey, I'm gonna put Load at the bottom. I fucking hate. And then that. I'll put Lulu. Wait, mm. yeah, Lulu and Reload are kind of back and forth, so they're kind of the same. You say you said Load. Did you mean Reload? I meant Load. Oh. Okay, fine. Yeah, fuck you. Because number 11 is Reload. There's okay, some good songs on here, and I'll be honest, this podcast making it like... This podcast made it the fourth or fifth time I've listened to Reload fully, and I appreciate it a little more, but it's only okay. Lulu wasn't even... Okay, it was terrible, but it wasn't the worst music I've ever heard. Okay, Even Metallica's worst albums are going to have something you can take Okay, from it. out of my enjoyment and boredom, on a scale of boredom of me having to deal with these albums, I'm going to put Load and Reload at the bottom. Okay. All right? I'll just like that, too, and I'll put Lulu above. All right? Didn't Lulu peak for you at song three or two? But here's the thing. <laughs> Lulu made us actually discuss. That's true. Out of the, like, load and reload made me bored, and I... I tried to have a discussion. Like, Lulu was like, it was so absurd, it kept my attention enough where I was like, this is fucking terrible. Well, but then when we actually discussed it, it's like, what the fuck is going on When here? you're bookmarked by opening with, I would cut my legs and tits off when I think of Boris Karloff, and what it was it? 12 uninterrupted minutes of violin noises? Something there is going to stick out. Yeah. Th- see, I am... Mo- Here's the thing. Lulu was more of a memorable experience than compared to Load and Reload for me. Sure. I think that's why I am rating it high. All right? Hey, I'm having a little controversy here. Don't hate on me. Hey, you want me to do the list, but let, um, now I'm actually thinking. Number 10. In fucking real time. Number 10, I put Hardwired. Here's the thing. Out of 10 songs, the first half is pretty good, but some songs like Confusion, Halo, Fire, and Awaken, I'm just not a huge fan of. Some of the cut songs I actually liked a lot, like When a Blind Man Cries. That was a good one. But like, Tile Track's okay. Moth and Flame is good. And I like Now That You're Dead and Man and Kind and Spit Out the Bone. It's good, but it's not great. I liked it a lot more when it came out, but you know, years later, I'm like, yeah, it's all right. So, for me personally, since I'm actually going to jump and I can bring... I'll just say right now, you said Hardwire, I say 72 Seasons. Mm. We're in a territory where, honestly, these albums are kind of the same. 
So I'm just going to go off experience. I'm going to say 72 seasons. Mm-hmm. Left me had a little bit more desire. So I'm going to put this in this section sure. on Modern Metallica. And then after 72 seasons hopping up, I will say I will put. You know, I will put Death Magnetic. How about that? Mm, okay. Yeah. Number nine. Number nine. Uh, I put Kill Em All. It's fun. And I, this is, I know this is a lot of people's favorite. I mean, it's not the majority's favorite, but like, like I know, I, I like this is one of Good Friend Thomas's favorite. Didn't Oscar say this was his favorite Metallica yeah. record? Yeah. So like, I know it has its fans and there's a lot of good songs. I, I think I like that one a little more than you did. Cause I was like, oh yeah, hit the lights, four horsemen, jump in the fire. I'm like, yeah. And you're like, eh, it's okay. It's yeah. cheesy. You like the second half more than the first half, though. Yeah. Kill them all. Number uh, eight, I have And Justice For All. So I realize, here's the thing, out of the nine songs, there are six I really only ever feel like listening to. Three of them are great. Three of them are very good. And I and to me, that's enough to beat out everything else before it. So if I was now put my like my section here, this is where I would put um, Death Magnetic. This is where you put you put Mag- Death Magnetic at uh, what I say eight. Yeah. Okay. So then for seven, I had seventy two seasons. This album really surprised me. I thought it was because I like the singles, but well, specifically, I liked. Uh, I thought Luxie Turner was a lot of fun. I really liked uh, My Name Is Su- uh, Screaming Suicide, and I really liked um, uh, what was it? Um, uh, if darkness had a son 72 seasons the title track the last single and opening i was kind of like mm, it's all right you know it's pretty good there's some catchy bits but you know uh i really had a lot of fun with this record i think it has a lot of sleeper hits and you know there, when 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 the record bangs it really bangs so yeah I, I would put 72 seasons at number seven fairly confidently number six so this is interesting because this actually, I think, used to be a few spots higher. Number six is where I would put Load. I absolutely adore the first half of this record. Second half is okay, but it ends without Law Torn, which I think is great. And it's like, I mean, to, if you honestly, like um, Bleeding Me, uh, Hero of the Day, and Until It Sleeps, I think are underappreciated songs in Metallica's catalog. I mean, some people like King Nothing, and yeah, it's a good song, but... You know, I think there's a lot to appreciate with the first load. Number five, I like. I'll just say keep going. I'm actually working my list because I'm lost now. So I need to actually make a list. Number five. <laughs> Number five, I put Death Magnetic. So I always liked Death Magnetic. I remember I actually got it for Christmas the year it came out, which is nuts because that puts me at being a freshman in high school. Um and I remember liking it at the time. And, you know, I didn't really listen to it for a while. And, you know, some of the song, uh, close to half the songs were on, or at least all the radio ones were on uh, G- Guitar Hero Metallica. But when we re-listened to it, I would come back to the record sometimes. But on the re-listen, I re- I'm just like, man, wow, this shit's great. I mean, the first two songs, you know, I like them. But, you know, but then, you know, it hit, not in this order, but like, you know, hit you broken, beaten, scarred's great. Uh, Cyanide's awesome. Unforgiven three, uh, Data Never Comes. It's just, it's just like, and all nightmare long. It's like that middle act. And then, of course, um, Suicide and Redemption, she's like banger after banger. Like the middle section bangs so hard, it massages out to where the opening and ending tracks, even though I do think they're good, uh, it elevates them. It's it's just that solid. Number four, um, 
I have the Black Album. I mean, like, objectively, this is just a pound-for-pound great album in many aspects. Like, I always appreciated it as kind of a, not a technical marvel, but, like, something really just, like, nutty that they were able to pull off and just a stamp in history and whatever. But watching it a year and a half in Life of Metallica, having Bone Steel on the show and listening to it with you in the car, it really... I really gained I I gained even more appreciation for an album that I already liked a lot. I mean I mean I can only think of a few skips, but even the worst songs on here aren't even bad. They're only at worst, the worst song on Black Album is like, yeah, it's good or it's okay. Yeah. Number three um, which is interesting because this used to be my number two. Number three is Saint Anger. It comes down to just that uh, uh of that emotional attachment I have to the record, <laughs> so sorry. And to that emotional attachment I have with the record. I do think there really are like good songs and ideas here, and it is the most different metallic record. That's the only reason why I like it, but I, I really think that it's something that a lot of bands wouldn't have have tried to do or risk doing. And I, I really think like lyrically and sonically, it was just such a concentrated effort of whatever it was. And like I said, uh, I'd heard the record for the first time, uh, a rough period of my life in high school. And it was just, it really like resonated with me. So, and I still feel it to this day. So to me that, you know, to me, that's something to me. So it's, you know, and the really good songs in there are really good. Number two and number one, I'll just say right now because everyone has figured out what they are. Number two is Master of Puppets. Number one's Ride the Lightning. So Master of Puppets probably used to be actually where Black Album was, but you know, re-listening to it for the podcast, it's like fuck. It's not a bad fucking song on here. It's awesome. Like one of the greatest metal albums of all time was like even better than I remembered it. I would hear scattered songs because I'd pick them out sometime because I like songs off the record, but hearing it cover to cover, I'm like. Fuck. Number one is Ride the Lightning, probably mostly for posterity because it's been my favorite since high school. And maybe in reality, it's Master of Puppets. There is an argument to be made that it's the best record. Ride the Lightning has one of the best A-sides in history. Five Fire with Fire, freaking Ride the Lightning. And then you've got uh, then you got Fade to Black. And then there's also, um, uh, and then there's For Whom the Bell Tolls. And, and then obviously it's the record with like creeping death and stuff. So yeah, it's a lot of good music. Uh, that is my official Metallica list. Have I given you enough time to finish oh, yours? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what's yours? I came up with a list. This is me braining for like this quick second. So I obviously blurred it a little bit earlier, but let's yeah, rewind a little sure. bit. So at the bottom of the bottom and I'm going off Here's the thing on quality and me actually picking out the quality is not really playing a factor. What I am listing here, these are my rules of why I listed this is my experience going through each of these records for this podcast itself. In reality, my actual tier list for Metallica albums might be a little different, but I'm going on. But I'm just saying my experience going through the podcast, just my life. What, what just doing this whole journey sure so that's what plays in the difference i'm not i was like like compared to your list i feel like you're pretty genuine and you're dead set and this is from like your whole life being a metallica fan this is honestly right now how you would rate it i'm going off yeah from some my, of these might change yeah i'm just saying like and that could change the time but i'm literally sitting here as like honestly this is my experience throughout our journey reviewing 
breaking down the songs and the right. best of abilities, and by me breaking down, just me cr- cracking quips, <laughs> i.e. friggin' like of my experience dealing with the songs, but also complaining or at times going, holy shit. Yeah. So at the bottom, the bottom, the album that bored me the most and I legit was falling asleep to was Load. Which is interesting because you were driving, so. No, I, was, I wasn't driving. Oh, was Dylan driving? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I fell asleep. Next is Reload. It's more of the same load, but there's a little butt rockness. It's not the worst. It's a little bit more energy for me. Next is Lulu, because for me, that is just more interest. That was a more interesting album and more of an interesting discussion point compared to the reloads. Like reloads purely. That was definitely me. the one where we talked about it the most. Yes. Th- there was a lot more to talk about than load and reload. Those two albums, I was like, get this fucking out of my life. I have no desire to deal with these. I think anymore. even people that hate the loads would be like, like why even, the fuck is he putting Lulu even, over there? I'm like, even now, it's like, hey, Lulu is an interesting fucking coffee talk like peace all right i would literally make people listen and then literally do a quick research Have a discussion it is a lot more of a discussion point than load and reload oh hey there was some fucking songs on load and reload and it was coming off the black album they're not as good whatever lulu is they like, cut their hair yeah i was like oh they cut their hair like lulu you can actually have a 15 minute conversation sure so that's why i put it there Next is 72 Seasons. It's yeah. the freshest. It is not much time for it to really mature. So like these next section of albums, honestly, they're kind of like, there's no real ranking. They're kind of all in the same tier. If I was to make a tier list, a lot of these, like these albums are kind of on the same tier. But in pseudo ranking on my enjoyment, 72 Seasons, because the first half I was like, I kind of don't give a fuck. Nerds are blowing up about this album too hard. It's okay, but then the second half, okay, it gets better. I could be wrong. I think your t- I think your opinion was kind of sour when Jake was saying how a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah, Shadows Follow was the is is like the best song on here," and it's like the mid paced groovy one. I'm like, just calm down there. This is okay, but it's nothing that spicy. Fuck. Next, I will put Death Magnetic. Why? Because it has a little bit more bangers than 72 season. I would say so, yeah. But here's the well, thing. I put it above 72. Now, here's the thing about Death Magnetic. It's a little riff soupy. So, which in turn is my next thing I would put into it is Injustice for All. Mm. So, I would literally put Injustice and Fall and for All and Death Magnetic together. Because why? At times, it just became boring riff soup. Yeah. Maybe Death Magnetic might have more bangers than Injustice, but at the same time, I don't know. Injustice has fucking Dire's Eve. That's that's, that's, a, that's, Black that, that's the thing. It does like, have one, but yeah. then there's some songs where it's like, fuck this. That's why I said it's like there's nine songs. There's six of them I only ever feel like listening to. Three of them are great. Three of them are really good. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing. Three are just like mid. Then there's like three songs that are pretty awesome. I'll say Hardwire. I enjoyed really listening to Hardwire this Yeah, last I was time. surprised. Pleasantly. I, but I, was, I was surprised. Well, here's the thing. Maybe I would rank Justice songs. Maybe I might have ranked Injustice higher. But out of my personal experience coming into the podcast and reviewing it, I low-key had a little fun listening to Hardwire. It was kind of cool. Oh, Injustice was brutal. Cause we, we, you and me, mostly you, but we show no mercy to uh, to live is to die. Yeah. <laughs> I, that fucking song pissed me off. Nothing on Hardware pissed me off that much. True. Next, Sane Anger. 
the, well, the middle the middle the midway it's in the middle way the midway warrior you don't understand how often i get into fucking conversations about this goddamn album seriously and this goddamn conversation like dude there's been many times where michael will have me just randomly like like at a show just randomly just start having me quote shit from the fucking like that documentary <laughs> and then i'll end up talking about that album and i'll literally sit there i was like honestly it's one of the least boring metallica albums. is it good no but is it boring? Fuck no. It is so weirdly entertaining. Shoot me again, and, James. I ain't dead yet. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, this song is terrible. But then I'll sit there and like, I kind of want to listen it again because that song is fucking terrible. You know, it's my world and you can't have it. Yeah, literally, it's just so Saka. much, there's so much memeage. We dedicated an entire episode okay, to it. Okay, like literally, okay, and in qual- this is where quality will actually step in. I will give Kill em All over St. Anger. But I've listened to Kill 'Em All so many fucking times. Yeah. I'm like, there's not much more. Those first five really albums, it's not even fair because yeah, they I, have the most rotation. Yeah, those are good albums. They've been talked to, beaten down with a bush. But like, out of the all, like, this is where the point where like, okay, quality will have to kick in. So are you say Metallica only has five albums you like? So either way, like Saint Anger, no, I, I like the albums. All right, I'm just saying. But like Saint Anger has the most to discuss about. Sure. sure. Next is Kill 'Em All. It was fine. Yeah. It's good. It's got its classic bangers. Not much else to it. Ride the Lightning. It's better than, I think it's better than Kill Em All. Oh, not much else really to say. And second, I put Black Album. Oh, I, I really? don't know why. When we listen into the car, coming in and also viewing the documentary, I'm sitting there like, holy fuck. He's <laughs> some fucking bangers. Bro. After banger, dude. One after another. Except for the last four songs. Those sure. was like, those songs could fuck off. Yeah, the only ones that they don't play. But like the other ones was like, fucking banger after banger. And like, I rated it high. I was like, what a weird, enjoyable experience. Yeah. Is it my personal, is what I put in my personal second? Kind of no. But in the podcast of like this journey, I would put it in second. And then last is Master of Puppets. So I'm just yeah, like, I mean, it was just it's fucking, only ever Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning. I'm like sitting there. It's like, dude, it's it was a fucking it was so good to listen to. And it was yeah. like, I, I there might be bias. But at the same time, it's like, dude, this is some of the best shit. I can't hate on it. Like Black Album was just like, all right, there was a lot to talk about. Yeah, there was a lot to meme about. It was oh, yeah. fucking banger on banger on banger. We had Jake on the show. It was yeah. great. As experienced, but then, and then yeah, I was like, Master Puppets, like, okay, like, that's, to Master me. Master of Puppets' problem is that it's just that good. It's just that good, and honestly, you, you don't need to worry about it. I said it on the show, Master of Puppets, in my genuine opinion, is a contender for greatest metal song of all time. Yeah, and I'm saying it's like. It in one, I probably should have given those 10 out of 10s, because, I mean. No, you can't, because then how, how like. It's hard to say when you go like a song further. I know. It's okay. Like that's like Master of Puppets is like, all right, quality. It was like the best album, easiest listening experience. I have a little bias, so that part's not really fair. But out of this podcast journey, I know I ranked Master the highest, but everything else was just more of just like, all right, how was it with me actually listening to this album and reviewing it? Yeah, sure. So that is my list. Load from from like from from bottom to top. Load, Reload, Lulu, 72 Seasons, Death Magnetic, and Justice for All, Hardwire, St. Anger, Kill, Ride the Lightning, Black Album, and Master. You know what? I think we had an almost, I think spot for spot, we had a completely different list. 
<laughs> like actually, like I would have to like I'll just say mine again for the fuck of it before we get out of here. Yeah. Um Lulu uh Lulu reload. Mine was, yeah, mine was well we got reloaded in the same spot. Okay, Lulu reload. Then I had then I had um then I had hardwired. I had Lulu. Then I had Kill 'em all. I had seventy two seasons. Then I had Justice. I had Death Magnetic. Then I had seventy two seasons. And then I have Injustice. And then I had Load. I had Hardwire. Death Magnetic. I had Saint Anger. Black Album. I had Kill. Saint Anger. Ride. Ride the Light. I mean Master of Puppets. Uh, Black Album and Ride the Lightning and then Master Puppets. There you go. Yeah. What are we? How? Look at that. Can't handle it. I'm just sorry. Can't handle. I'm just different. All right. <laughs> I just have different opinions. Hey, I've listened to a fuckload of Metallica in my time. All right. I yeah. like this. Obviously, my top tier Metallica is Live at Seattle nine eighty nine. Oh yeah, you. That's said the that best. That's for me the best Metallica recording. But that's not studio. Yeah. Other than that, anything else is like. If you're bored, listen. If you want to actually talk, we did technically miss some records. We missed the the two garage days. We missed Metal Up Your Ass. We missed S and M one and two because they had to do a sequel. And we didn't review through the Never. Do we have to do any of those? No, we're good. No. <laughs> All I can say, if you want to talk to Metallica about me, talk to me about Saint Anger and Lulu and maybe Blackout and everything else. <laughs> it's like, hey, we get it. Metallica's good. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to say? Ready? No, we're good. Let's get out All right, here. listeners, this is the Triple D Radio Show with your host, James Edward. I hope y'all have a good one. Adios. Yeah.